Welcome back to the Fasting Well podcast. Real quick, right off the jump here, I just wanted to let you know about something new that I created. If you're one of my email subscribers, you may have noticed I mentioned it a while back, but I finally finished putting it together, and it's the Intermittent Fasting Quick Start Guide. So if you're kind of a beginner and you don't have a ton of experience with intermittent fasting yet, this is kind of the perfect thing for you because it'll walk you through the first six weeks of fasting step-by-step, showing you the exact schedule to use. And it'll help you avoid beginner mistakes, kind of train your mind and train your body just like an exercise program, and avoid a lot of the symptoms that people usually get with fasting because you'll be doing it the right way from the very start. So the goal of this quick start guide, as you might gather from the name of it, is to save you time. So you don't need to spend weeks researching. You can start today. You can literally start today with the guide. So it's a PDF guide, and there's also an audio where I walk you through the guide to explain all of the details. Now, just so you know, this guide isn't free, but it is quite inexpensive, quite affordable. And I'm going to cut the price down a little lower than usual just for the next 48 hours. And so if you're quick, you can get the quick start guide for a nominal fee. So this is one little way you can support the channel, if you want to, so that I can continue doing podcasts and videos, etc. And obviously, you'll benefit from this as well, but it's kind of a win-win in that way. So if you're interested, go ahead and head over to fastingwell.com slash quick, Q-U-I-C-K. Again, that's fastingwell.com slash quick. I'll put a link below in the episode description as well, so you can just click on that if it's easier. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the channel. I recently shared a research study showing that a lot of patients with type 2 diabetes had really impressive results when they went on low carb for several months or even a few years. Most of them were able to put diabetes in remission. But what about fasting? Uh, Can you do the same thing with fasting? Um, Or are there any studies out there showing the same results with fasting? Well, I know fasting works well for diabetes because a bunch of people have told me, like my email subscribers, many people have emailed me like, oh, I've been doing fasting. I've been able to get off my medications, improve my blood sugar, lose weight, blah, 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 blah. Also, there's tons of anecdotes out there on the internet if you check Facebook groups, et cetera. And also when I interviewed Megan Ramos, who works with Dr. Jason Fung, um, she talked about how they've put about 20,000 patients or more than 20,000 patients through various fasting regimens and that many of those patients have been able to reverse their diabetes. So it obviously works, at least for some people, um, a pretty good percentage of people. Um, and if you do it long enough with the right regimen, et cetera, it obviously works pretty well. But I don't know that there's like one big research study that kind of ties it all together. Correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to put it in the comments. Um, there's various reasons for that. Dr. Fung has commented about how a lot of times fasting studies don't get approved by the IRB, the institutional review boards, because they're worried about safety or whatever. So there's some limitations even for people who do want to do put the research together. Sometimes they're not allowed to do it. <laughs> But a few years back, Dr. Fung and Megan Ramos and a couple other people put together a case series of, it's just three patients, but there are three really interesting cases of these patients with type 2 diabetes and what they were able to accomplish on a fasting regimen. Um, So I'm going to share a little bit about this case series because I thought it was super interesting and super encouraging. And I'll put the link below in case you want to read the whole thing to get a little better understanding. But I'll talk about who are these patients, how long have they had diabetes, et cetera, what did they do in terms of fasting, and what types of benefits or results did they get in terms of their blood sugar or 
other words, their hemoglobin A1C, also their body weight and waist circumference, uh, the medications they were on before versus after. So overall, it was super impressive, super interesting results. Some of the statistics or the timeframes involved were kind of mind-boggling, actually. Uh, so I'll go ahead and walk you through the study now. All right, so here's the study that I'm talking about. So Dr. Fung was one of the authors, along with Megan Ramos and a couple other people. And in the introduction to the study, they kind of explained that you know, diabetes is common and it's often associated with obesity and sometimes lifestyle changes can help, but there's a lot of challenges. Like people don't often make, a lot of times people don't make much progress just trying to improve their lifestyle, have a healthier lifestyle. Um, they also talked a little bit about insulin and how, you know, it's kind of unpleasant to use with all the injections and things. And that's not even to mention the fact that, in, you know, injecting insulin has a bunch of harmful effects. So they didn't really get into that too much, I don't think. They also kind of compared the option of fasting with something like bariatric surgery where you have a, you know, a gastric sleeve or bypass or whatever. And how fasting can probably give you just as good a results or better uh, without such a crazy invasive surgery, which often has complications and so forth. So that was kind of what they talked about in the introduction to the paper. And then they got into the actual case presentation, the three cases. And in the little uh, blurb right at the beginning of that, they said that these people had were getting they were on various medications for type two diabetes, and including at least seventy units of insulin daily. So they were suggesting they were all on at least seventy units of insulin daily. They give some other numbers below that are a little confusing because they're talking about different types of insulin. So, but they did say that they were on at least seventy units of insulin. So here's table one gives you a little more detail about the patients. So there are three of them. Here are the ages on the left. There are forty, fifty-two, and sixty-seven are their ages. And then here's what I thought was interesting: is there they have had type two diabetes for ten years, twenty years, and twenty-five years respectively. So a long time. Uh, at least for two of them, and one of them pretty long as well. Uh, they have other health issues there in the middle column, like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and one of them had uh, kidney cancer and had a kidney removed and has chronic kidney disease. So a lot of the typical you know, comorbidities or other health problems, in other words, that people with type 2 diabetes have. Um, and then they started to talk a little bit about their fasting regimen here. And then if you want to read the paper, they explain a little bit more about each patient. But let's go ahead and get into the actual treatment or what kind of fasting they did and then the results that they got. So they put the patients through a little bit of uh, nutrition, education, and so forth, talking about macronutrients, and I'm sure they talked to them about fasting and things like that. So they spent some hours learning about it, so they didn't just start you know, completely ignorant and all that to what they were going to be doing. Um, so that's a useful point. If you wanted to do this yourself, you do need to educate yourself enough to know how to deal with the different medications and the dietary changes and, and so forth. But ultimately, these three patients, basically they were all doing something kind of like Alternate day OMAD. <laughs> um, because what they were doing is they were fasting for 24 hours um, multiple times per week. Um, so either three times per week or every other day, which is similar but not exactly the same. So if you think about it, if you fast for 24 hours about every other day, then basically what you're doing is having one meal a day every other day. Because it's like if I, if I start a fast after dinner tonight and then I don't eat breakfast or lunch tomorrow and then I eat dinner tomorrow... That's my one meal tomorrow. Then I will have fasted for about 24 hours, and then I would um, you know, eat the next day, but then start another fast after dinner that following day. So it's kind of like alternate day OMAD, <laughs> which is not a phrase people usually use, but um, that's in effect sort of what they were doing, but it's also a 24-hour fast about every other day. So that's the kind of the regimen that they were using. And uh, they were talking about how they um, started lowering their insulin doses pretty quickly. So they, they use less insulin, of course, once they start fasting because you don't want to be injecting too much insulin and have low blood sugar and all that. And they gave their target blood sugar 
um, when they were weaning the insulin was about 180 to be under 180 on the United States scale, which is, I guess, about under 10 if you're in the UK or Canada or other places. So that's kind of what they were doing. Now let's talk about the results that they got. So they kept track of a few different things as they were doing this study, and that was how long did it take to get off insulin, um, what was their fasting blood sugar and A1C, um, their body weight, and their waist circumference. So those were kind of the main things that they were looking at. So let's go ahead and look at table two, because that kind of summarizes all of this data, and I'll just point out a few things to you on this table. So they've got the three patients over there on the left, and then the second column is the A1C, hemoglobin A1C. And it's a little confusing because they have the United States numbers, which are the uh, percentage, I guess, and then the UK or Canada where they use the millimoles per mole. Is that what that says? Anyway, I'm more familiar with the United States version, but um, either way you can see uh, the first patient went from about 11 to 7. Second one, uh, that's their A1C before and after. Uh, the second one went from 7.2 to 6, and the other one went from 6.8 to 6.2. So they all had improvements in their uh, A1C. And then the next couple columns are showing the before and after medications. And this is kind of the coolest part of this study is that they got off all of their medications. Two out of the three patients got off all of their medications. Um, and then one of them continued to take this medication called canagliflozin, one of those th ones that makes you pee out more sugar. Anyway, so uh, two out of the three got off all their medications, and one of them was just taking one medication at the end. And then they, they show things like their, their weight loss um, in kilograms. So the patient one went from 83 to 73, uh, patient 261 to 50, and patient 397 to 88. So they all had a significant amount of weight loss. And then if you look at the before and after waist circumference, uh, they all had a significant improvement there. And then the last column is the most impressive thing of all. And this is the, how long it took them to get off of insulin. So how long did it take to get off insulin? Well, you'll note that the patient one, it only took five days to get off insulin. Five days. And the other two were 13 days and 18 days. So, wow. So those are some pretty crazy results. And perhaps the coolest thing is that they all got off insulin in less than three weeks one of them only five days. So by fasting, and they were also reducing their sugar and carb intake somewhat, I think, on the other meals and things. But by fasting, they were able to very rapidly get off insulin. Why is that important? Well, because once you start using insulin as a type 2 diabetic, it's basically a downward spiral from there because the insulin makes you get fatter. And as you get fatter, your blood sugar gets more poorly controlled, higher, etc. Um, and then you might need more insulin, and then you have all these other harmful effects, and it's bad news. But if you can get off the insulin that fast, holy guacamole. Um, <laughs> uh, because, I mean, that's just like a huge, huge, huge step in terms of improving diabetes and even being able to reverse diabetes. That's a gigantic step forward that they took in a really short amount of time. And then they continued to do the fasting regimen and got other health benefits and so on and so forth um, during the ensuing months. So one other thing I thought was worth focusing on and, and highlighting specifically is what the patient said about how they felt on the fasting regimen or fasting diet that they were doing. Uh, so the first patient, uh, they said, tolerated fasting without difficulty and felt excellent on his fasting days. Um, and then later, patient two, they said, patient two also subjectively reported feeling terrific in his daily fasting blood sugar, dot, dot, dot. So feeling good. Patient three said he subjectively reported the fasting was easy 
and does not have the carbohydrate cravings he once had before he started the diet. And he also experienced higher energy levels. So that's pretty cool. This is a smallish sample size, obviously, um, but all three of them, you know, subjectively felt good, had high energy levels, etc. Um, one reason that's worth noting is in the discussion, they briefly compare this fasting regimen to how people who uh, do re- really severe calorie restriction um, have had improvements in diabetes. They're, they link to a study that talked about that. But those people were having to cut their calories way, 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 way down to like 800 a day. Uh, and if you don't know, if you only 800 calories a day, you're probably going to feel like crap. <laughs> in fact, the long-term calorie restriction studies that are out there basically say people feel like crap, but they have certain health benefits. Um, and that's for that. I'm talking about severe calorie restriction, not just a little bit. Um, but the point is fasting doesn't cause those types of side effects where you feel like crap. You can feel really good. You can have high energy as long as you approach it in a, in a smart way. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then in the discussion, they also talked about how these people reduced the risk of cardiovascular events and so forth a lot compared to if they hadn't done this fasting regimen and seen these various improvements in their body weight, their waist circumference, their A1C, their blood sugar, and getting off of the medications. So as I alluded to at the beginning, of course, this is just a small study and just kind of a taste of what's possible with fasting and diabetes. But since all these people had diabetes a really long time and they were all able to get off insulin and really quickly, it's a pretty good taste about what fasting can do for diabetes. But if you want to get more details, one of the authors on this study was Dr. Jason Fung, and he wrote a book called The Diabetes Code. So he'll share a lot more details in that book. If you want to check that out, I'll put a link below. Um, A lot more details about why fasting helps with diabetes and kind of what to know and what to do about it. Also, I'll put the link to the full study below. If you want to read that, it's pretty interesting. So I suggest you read through that as well. And if you want to hear my interview with Megan Ramos, that was episode 14 of the podcast where she explained how they've put a bunch of patients through fasting and many of them have been able to reverse diabetes. Usually it takes about six months on average is what she explained there. So definitely interesting. If you're someone with type 2 diabetes, check out episode 14. I've also got a couple more recent episodes that you'd probably be interested in. In episode 57, I explained a research study that showed that people with type 2 diabetes who did low-carb diets, most of them were able to put their diabetes in remission as well. So it showed their specific results after three years of doing low-carb. And in episode 54, I shared seven daily habits you can use to improve your blood sugar. So again, if you're somebody with high blood sugar, that would be a great one to listen to and review and see which of those you can put in practice. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I just recently finished putting together my intermittent fasting quick start guide, which is a perfect guide for someone who's a beginner. If you're kind of a beginner, if you don't have a lot of experience and you want to know how to do fasting from the very start, go ahead and pick up that intermittent fasting quick start guide. And you can see that by going to fastingwell.com slash quick, Q-U-I-C-K, that's fastingwell.com slash quick. And so what that guide will do is it'll walk you through the first six weeks, step-by-step, show you the exact schedule to use, help you overcome beginner mistakes, or in other words, avoid the beginner mistakes, and ultimately save time by not having to do a bunch of research up front. You can dive right into intermittent fasting from the very first day. That guide isn't free, but it is pretty cheap, and for the next 48 hours, I'm cutting the price down even a little bit more. So if you're interested, go ahead and check it out. It's a good way to support my channel, because of course most of what I do is for free, and you know, for me to be able to keep doing this, I do have to have some ways of making some money as well. 
So if you'd find it in your heart, go ahead and pick that up, especially if it's something that would be useful for you. All right. Thanks again for being here. I appreciate you. And I'll catch you next time on the Fasting Well podcast. The Fasting Well podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.